0: Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. And today's guest is author and teacher, Kimberly Purcell. Kimberly grew up in Victoria, British Columbia. Little did she realize that Victoria, which is derived from the word victor, was to be a foreshadowing of the victories she would eventually live out in her very own life. Writing her first book in fifth grade called The Mystery of the Poison Ivy, She gained that inspiration from one of her teachers named Mrs. Alto. Kimberly went on to study international relations at University of British Columbia, then broadcast journalism at British Columbia Institute of Technology and creative writing for children and young adults at Vermont College of Fine Arts. Her experience, expertise, and passion for writing landed her various opportunities to become a writer at Disney Hyperion, a former writer at Penguin Book, and today she lives in my old stomping ground, Brooklyn, New York. You can find her on facebook holding dropping classes that will teach you to write your own novel in this episode we talk about why she began the class for her child after a traumatic bullying incident which caused them to make the decision to pull her out of mainstream school we talk about how kim helps kids learn in a multi-sensory way that works for a wide variety of learners and kimberly says don't neglect your gift. That's a quote from 1 Timothy 4.14 because it's all about building creative confidence, which then your child or student will carry with them the rest of their lives. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Kimberly has to say. Let's get into the podcast.
1: Today we have guest Kimberly Purcell of KimPurcell.com. Kimberly, say hello to our guest and tell us what is a misconception you feel most have
2: about homeschooling? First of all, you know, I'm a novelist and I also teach writing to kids, and I've also homeschooled one of my kids. So i have this and in many of my novel writing students are homeschoolers so i have this long history with homeschooling and you know my kid is about to go to college so um you know i i understand both the difficulties and the great joys of homeschooling and i'm a huge homeschooling advocate i think it is incredible for kids if you can do it and if it's right for the kid and right for the parent and in that whole mix is is really really important depending on your family but if your family really if it really works for you and it works for your kid i think it can be incredible because first of all to go back to your question You know, during COVID, a lot of people said that I'm homeschooling and they were not homeschooling. First of all, that drove me crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, if you think this is homeschooling, nobody is going to do it. This is the worst worst form of homeschooling is just terrible because you know the greatest thing about homeschooling is you the kids are very socialized they have these incredible communities they get to socialize with all ages and they're really good with adults they don't end up having this weird separation they develop very naturally they're not pushed into inappropriate things at too young of an age and they end up developing interests and passions and, you know, doing projects that inspire them. And then they go on to great things as adults. Like, I mean, they become such incredible people. <laughs> you know, if we're thinking we're we're raising our kids to become incredible people. I think that's really one of the great advantages of homeschooling, but during COVID, the people who thought they were homeschooling were not. They were, their kids were on a screen all day long. And the, maybe part of the time they had some kind of teacher in a classroom. And then parents were having to sit and teach their kids all this curriculum that half of it's a waste of time. And on top of that, so when you're homeschooling, you don't do any of that. You know, if you're skilled in a certain area, you'll teach your kid about that and it will be really fun. You'll do it in a multi-sensory, interactive kind of really great way, hopefully. And or if you're not good at teaching that, then there are other teachers that are really good at that or Often people, you know, have a homeschool pod and they have people come in and do interactive super fun things to teach that. So the crazy thing is just people thought, oh yeah, homeschoolers sit on a screen all day long and they're alone. Like how awful. I mean, it was the worst of regular traditional schooling and the worst of homeschooling combined. Like it was just not what anybody would wanna do. So, you know, even it, I find it's it's very interactive homeschooling and very social, depending on where someone is, if they're in the middle of nowhere, and th- there's no people near them, it can be lonely. So it, it really does depend on each situation, but I've I did it in New York City where it was incredible, just an incredible community kids are going to museums taking classes from professors. I mean, it's just like you couldn't get a better education. I love the fact that you said New York City, because I
1: feel like so many people have this idea that in New York City, you don't homeschool. That's just the one place you don't homeschool. And you're That's right. I, 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 it's huge. It really is. And I used to I used to live in New York City. I grew up in Brooklyn and I used to go into Manhattan all the time. So I was at the museums. I was up and down down to the fashion district, I mean, diamond district, up in midtown, all the way up, you know, and I absolutely loved it. And truthfully, I used to learn a lot when I used to go on these walks, because In Manhattan, there's like a lot of historical, different architectures there. And then they usually have like a little bit of a plaque where you can read, I mean, not all of them, but there is a really good amount of them so that you can be able to like learn, like what is it I'm looking at? Like the Washington Square, like what am I looking at here? So I was able to learn a lot and I didn't even realize that I was learning. That's the funny part when you think about it. I didn't realize I was actually even learning anything. And then all the different restaurants you can go to, right? I used to go to all these different restaurants. I had like little Italy. I used to, like I'm Spanish, Mm-hmm. And I used to go to this Spanish restaurant that was underneath a brownstone, and it was so cool. And the people there were all from Spain. The whole place was decorated as if I was back in Andalusia. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. You're right. You can just go out your front door, and boom, school has begun. You know, it doesn't have right. to be
2: in a, uh, you know, in a four walls. No. And, and what we found is the reason why we embarked on our homeschooling journey, we had been in a Waldorf school and, um, our kid got bullied quite severely and her confidence was collapsing. And so we just decided, though there are things about Waldorf we really liked, it wasn't being very protective for her and she was getting bullied and her she basically did full school refusal and it was quite devastating and it did take her a while to get past that feeling like it completely decimated her confidence she didn't even want to leave home so at first this was a real challenge for our homeschooling journey because you're like, oh no, I had all these plans of these incredible classes you can do and all these amazing things. So I had these plans and then it wasn't the first few months that wasn't working out. So I ended up hosting a novel writing class because I already had had my uh, first novel came out, published by Penguin. and. And so, you know, I had some cachet as a novelist. I just put on the website, hey, anyone want to come to my house and do a novel? And So I was like, you don't want to go to classes? I'm going to bring class to you. That's so, awesome. Yeah, What's so- your novel called? Well, my first novel is called Trafficked, and my second novel is published by Disney Hyperion, and it's called This is Not a Love Letter. That's right, that's right. They both, you know, are quite um, acclaimed and got star reviews and all that, And um, but you know, I'm not a super fast writer, Um, I like to you know I really do take my time brewing on my so I'm working on my next uh, I don't know my publisher has it we'll see when it comes out. (laughs) But what I love doing is teaching novel writing and I had been teaching for many years before that as well. Um, I taught ESL and then I was the curriculum director for this organization in LA called Write girl LA. And that's where I developed this whole system of teaching writing in a really interactive, multi-sensory way. But so I'd already been doing that. I just had not done it in a homeschool class form with my kid. And, um, and so that was interesting and it was really quite amazing to have this group of kids, and I am still in contact and teaching most of them to this day. You know, once you find a teacher you love, then you just stay with them. And I just have this for me. It's been an incredible thing, too, because I have this like very deep bond with them, and I just care so much about their lives and their growth. and, And it's just been amazing for me not only to see my own kid grow and develop, but also this group of kids as they grow and develop and and gain creative confidence and write like big novels. I mean, it's incredible. One of my kids just finished a 300 page novel. And so, I mean, it's just uh, to me, anyway, that's one of the most incredible things. But in the city, the opportunities for homeschooling and not just New York City, any big city, they have massive networks. And so many resources. They have top colleges in those places. And many of the professors are often homeschooling their kids because the kids have this freedom. They can go all around the city and do amazing things. And there would just be no reason to keep them locked up in a classroom when the learning that they can accomplish is so much greater, you know, in the city with all the resources and all the talent that cities draw in
1: wow you're just like sparking up my juices in my body i'm just thinking like oh i want to start all over again i want to go back to school and be homeschooled you know it's like <laughs> I, i'm such an adventurist. like i really do like i love learning i remember when i was in college i was in college for a really long time and i remember my friends going like why are you still in college i'm like i don't know i just like being there i really like learning but like if there was one job and it was to learn That would be you. You would love that job. I'm like, I
2: would love that job. (laughs) Like,
1: I would just love to learn. I do. Like, every time I talk to people who are so passionate about what they do, especially in things that I find a little bit challenging for myself, like, I do find writing challenging for myself. I kind of steer away from it. Like, when I have, when I create the show notes and I have to start writing everything, I have to, like, all right, Beck, you got this, you got this, you know what I mean? I'm literally pumping myself up to time.
2: I just didn't have a great experience in high school, right? You know, so, know, speaking of that, it's crazy. This is why homeschooling can be amazing just, you know, because of this. But did you know, I was listening to Brene Brown the other day and in her studies, she found that 85% of people had some kind of scar from their regular schooling and half of those like real traumatic scars that. Affected what they did going forward their life choices their careers everything like you know. You are terrible at math and then they think that and then everything connected to math is cut out for the rest of their life, and that was in grade two. <laughs> you know how ridiculous right, but when it comes to so she said half of those scars are creativity scars and what I find time and time again with either my homeschool students who got out of traditional schooling, or adult students that I have because I teach adult students, especially I focus on parents, because being a parent, it's so hard to take that little bit of time for your own creative brilliance. So I have a novel writing class for parents, and really, it's all moms. (laughs) (laughs) but I I don't know why, but that's great. That's great. Oh my gosh. They can
1: actually relate to their kids.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But also they get to capture a little bit of that joy for themselves and, you know, even homeschooling parents, this is a real thing that, that is a struggle for homeschooling parents is that while they love their kids, then they want to you know give them everything sometimes they are depleted and the, how could i ever have time for my dreams so one thing i did you know with my own kid is we used to go to coffee shops and just write together and it was amazing but anyway creativity scars can be overcome but it's really good to look at like when did someone say i couldn't draw or when did someone say you can't sing When did someone say, you know, what is your false belief about your own creativity and how can you confront it? Because the truth is very few people actually can't sing. I mean, very few people are tone deaf. It's like the tiniest percentage. Most of us can sing, it's just, we stopped. So we haven't developed that vocal, you know, ability. So that same with drawing. I mean, someone made fun of your drawing when you were in third grade and maybe no one at home gave you drawing supplies no one encouraged drawing so maybe you weren't good at drawing but that didn't mean you can't be good at drawing it's just you didn't have the opportunity and same with writing one of the biggest creativity scars that happens around writing is that you know teachers get all excited with the red pen let me fix your grammar and or they'll tear up oh this isn't what I said and I mean, there's so many stories of people's work, creative work being torn up. And I keep, so one of my great passions is teaching teachers, especially writing teachers, how to teach writing in such a way that the kid feels empowered and confident. And then the writing just skyrockets in quality. It's all confidence, 100%. So soon as you are able to point out what they do, that's really well, really great. So you point out the beautiful sentences or, oh, my gosh, look at how you built the tension there. or oh, wow. Look at that object that you put in your scene. It's so unique and it popped. So you start pointing out only good stuff, no negative. And that's true for writing groups. That's true for adults, too. The more you can point out what someone's doing really well, they do more of that they lean into their strength and the things that aren't great just fade away. You know, now, maybe they might have a bad habit with not putting periods in their sentences so i'll just mention to the whole group let's remember periods, (laughs) you know, but in terms of individually focusing on what is amazing. That's what teachers have to do so much more, and parents too. So, if parents are being like, Yeah, you should write a story, then when you read the story, only mention the stuff that's amazing. Then you can't even believe the kid will be so fired up. They'll be like, Woo! And they'll run off to their bedroom, and then they'll be like, Look, hey, what I did. And they'll come back with, like, they'll be fired up. But you can't mention a single thing that's not okay.
1: Wow. Wow. So, that's speaking a lot to me because I think I grew up in school where my writing was always critiqued like terribly. Like it really was. Even when I got to college, my college professor was like, your content is great, but your writing is terrible. So, oh, I guess, I guess, you no, know, now that I'm thinking, about it, I'm like, maybe I did have like a bad, you know, like I have a limiting belief there. What was the
2: book by Brene Brown? I've read a couple of her books already, but oh, that's in the power of vulnerability. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten to that one. Yet. also in daring greatly, I read that one. So that one I read, but I haven't read the whole part on creativity. And I'm going to read that, you know, wholehearted people. Yeah. Spend time being creative every day, including adults. So if you want to be like a fully well-rounded person, you're going to yourself some time. Now, your creative scar around writing very well, as many people could be just someone criticizing. And then what happens is some. You shut down. Yeah. Can we be creative when we shut down? No. And then, of course, you didn't write more in order to become better. You know, I didn't no. actually. No. <laughs> no. And you're not going to like, you're going to write as little as possible if it, that's your, if that's the teacher's opportunity to criticize you, right? Why so, give it? Right? Yeah. Why would you write? I mean, we're, we're all smart people. Why would you write if you're just going to your heart's going to get broken by someone saying how terrible it is. So, you know, and another thing that in traditional schooling happens a great deal, people love to say, oh, my kids are so socialized in regular school. Oh, my gosh, they are socialized badly because what happens and it's guided by teachers often who say, "Okay, everyone peer edit your friends story. And so then what do they hear? edit. They don't hear, let's look at the wonderful things that your friend wrote, mark only stuff that you love. Only great parts, underline every great part that kids learn so much more by that, that formula. Let's look only for what's amazing. And then you know why it works is because then they're like, oh, I love that. Then they do it in their own work. If they only look at stuff that's bad, it's like teaching themselves what's bad wow. and then, then they even if they're a great writer then the next time they write they write with fear because they know some kid's gonna look at my work and they're gonna find stuff just like i found stuff and so peer editing is the most destructive thing that a teacher could ever do in a classroom that's I, awesome
1: to know like I will never do it again like now I'm like I will never I never do it again so tell me in what you're teaching because you taught four classes already today <laughs>
2: yeah. what what is one of your lessons what did one of your writing lessons look like oh, okay so one thing actually we did I had today's craft focus was on so you know writing craft focus was on multi-sensory writing So multi-sensory writing is basically, you wanna have the sense of sight, sense of smell, sense of touch, taste. You want all the senses because, and so actually anybody listening, even if you're not writing a story, you write an email, you write a Christmas letter, you write a text, you can add the sense of smell into anything. It triggers memory in your reader. And suddenly you seem like the most incredible writer ever. So it's a a writing hack. (laughs) You basically add the sense of smell and suddenly you seem brilliant, but okay. So you multisensory writing. And so one thing we did is we did, I did this popcorn thing because it, so basically kids get, you get a, I do this with adults too. I mean, it's really fun. You, um, I've done it for myself just to keep the writing flowing. You get a piece of paper, you rip it into a bunch of pieces and you take two pieces and you write an object. And if I have it with a group of kids, I'll be like, OK, you give them an object. And they'll be like, OK, weird old recipe box with rust around the corners. So they have to write that on the piece of paper. And they crumple it up in a ball. And then they think, OK, and then I'm like, OK, reaching your drawer for the other object. So they reach into a drawer blindly, pull out d- another object. Maybe it's a weird pencil with a fuzzy thing on the top. So they write that down. They make it into a tight ball, like a popcorn ball, and they put it down and then i say okay sense of smell so write the worst smell on one the best smell on the other and then i'll be like okay go wrench your refrigerator okay grab one piece of food out that like some leftovers and then they have to write that on a piece of paper and then maybe i'll give them curry chicken so then they all write that down and then so we do that for all the senses and like a sound i said okay listen for any ambient noise you can hear in your environment. So for me, it was a helicopter sound. So and then they do two like that and or in a sound that bugs you. That was another one. So anyway, you do that. You can do all kinds of things in the popcorn things. This is just for multi-sensory writing. So now they have a pile of 10 balls, right? Little popcorns. And actually um, just for fun, I had popcorn, (laughs) real popcorn. And I'm like, do it. have popcorn next to you and popcorn? And, you know, so then I said, okay, we're gonna set the timer for two minutes. And now you're gonna write um, your scene, your next scene in your novel, because they're all writing novels and we print them out at the end. But like you can go on, I'll explain that in a minute. But anyway, so every two minutes, they grab a ball and they open it and then they have to include what's on their ball in their scene. And you should see them giggling and the writing ends up coming out fantastic because it's full of details. And so then it's something they're kind of proud of and it inspires their imagination. And I'm like, if it doesn't work in your scene, just shift it a bit. Like in, you know, if there's no way you could do curry chicken in the scene, can you do some kind of other chicken? Could it be a chicken like running around their feet or, you know, whatever. So um, could it be a chicken on someone's shirt? Um, so they can shift it. So they do that every two minutes and I'll go popcorn. And then they, you know, uh, and then they grab their next one. So it's very fun and it's very multisensory. That the actual game is multisensory because they're grabbing something, but also they're creating a multisensory scene. So that's a real key to great writing. So I did that with um, two of my classes because the focus was on multisensory writing. But if anyone's listening back home and they're teaching their kid, that is a wonderful way to make your kids super enthusiastic about writing to create a game. Like I have tons of games like that that they can do. Like you could put a piece of paper on one wall, another piece of paper on the other. And like let's say you have four kids, they're running back and forth, can you know, completing their stories. So that um, is so creative. Yeah. I so I love it. <laughs> but the big thing I want to say, if anyone's like, I wanted to help my kid write a novel. The biggest thing is give them the added motivation so that they know they will get a hardcover book of their own in the mail so that you can go on lulu.com. This is what I it's the key. It is the absolute key to making sure they finish their novels because, you know, We're all kind of flaky. we can either, you know, we're creative. We're like, I loved my story, but now I started a new one. But we don't want them to do that because creative projects that aren't finished end up creating a pattern of not finishing creative projects. So the kids in my classes, I say you must finish. And even if you're like not happy with it, then I make you write a page to end it. (laughs) So it's always a finished story because otherwise you end up being like, ah, I have like a hundred million beginnings. So it's that pushing through the difficult part to get to the end that's really important. So they push through the end and then you print it out on lulu.com. I love it, I've tried lots, but it's so simple. You just upload a PDF, you design the cover and then you order it, it's like 11 to 15 bucks. for a hardcover book in the mail. And you have to pay for shipping. It's like four or five bucks. But your your kid has this book then that they have for the rest of their life. I mean, it's so special. They treasure it, they show it to friends. So it's that piece. If anyone's thinking of doing that, do it all the way and it, it will be so rewarding. That is awesome.
1: Oh my gosh, Kim. Can you just tell us, like, as we're wrapping this up, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you and learn more about registering for your classes,
2: whatever it is that you have going on? Sure. Um, well, they can go to kimpurcell.com or they can find me on outschool.com because I teach workshops and classes there on Saturdays right now because my other classes I teach in the week. So if they wanted, to do an in the week class. They'd have to reach out to me through my website kimpurcell.com, or they can email me at Kim at And the other thing I want to add is that their first class on outschool or their first workshop with me is free. I mean, I just really love this so much. I want everyone to be writing novels and or a series of short stories, anything. So they get that really incredible feeling of like finishing that book and feeling like, wow, I'm a writer. I'm a novelist. Like, it's so amazing for them. I just want it to spread everywhere. We're writing a book doesn't have to be, like, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be, I'm going to be a published novelist. It should be for everyone. It should be like drawing or cooking or painting. Like, it should be just like something, a creative world that you can write of your own. It doesn't have to be like, if I can't get published, I'm not doing it. You know, that's such a shame. It's just, it should be open to everyone. So also, I give workbooks for anybody who's interested it's a like an excerpt of a bigger workbook that's part of my class but it will help them get started it's really good for homeschoolers it's like i call it the wonderstorming workbook and it just helps them brainstorm their novel and so i give that and it's just a series of workshops or sorry worksheets um so that they can work you know brainstorm their novel so that they'll if they kind of go through the plot and the characters and everything, they're much more likely to finish. That's
1: awesome. Wow. Man, it's been awesome just hearing you. I'm like, so inspired. I'm like, I want to go to my journal right now and start writing. (laughs) (laughs) So as as we're ending now, what is one big takeaway you want parents or homeschool families or homeschool dads, whoever's homeschooling right now, the homeschoolers
2: to take away from our conversation? you know i just really would hope that a the parents first of all take care of their own creative joy because that will really help them encourage their kids creative joy so whatever it is whatever it is drawing, whatever like just give yourself that time because if you give it to you you're gonna like honor it so much in your kid and the second thing is when your kid does right point out specific lines that you love, not just like I love it. It's great. Say, oh, wow, look at this metaphor. Oh, look at how you use color. Wow. Look at the light. Oh, this character is so charming. The way you use this sentence for voice, it just makes me love this character. That is the key pointing out the exact line where it pops for you and be genuine, like find the thing that's amazing and lean into that, like in your, when you talk about it.
1: Yeah. I love the fact that your call to action is to parents. Find your creativity so that you can be creative with your child. And it's so true. When my mom going back to college inspired me to get my butt back into college too. And it was whenever she did something, I saw myself to be able to do it as well. And it's a really interesting dynamic that I think sometimes hammers don't realize like, you know, as parents go forth and do something, our children are gonna just all of a sudden feel inspired and strengthened, really by what we're doing. And they'll be like, well, if my mom and my dad could do it, I could totally do it. You know what I mean? It's like, because they come from you and they realize they're an extension of you at, at a young age, you know, it's when that teenage years and they're like, I don't want to be, you know, but after that, like, they do come back always. So I love the fact that that was the call to action at the end, you know, parents find your creativity and don't, Don't lose that within yourself. That's so awesome. Oh, Kim, it was awesome just having you on today and chatting. And I've learned so much. I'm definitely inspired now. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope you have a great rest of your day.
2: Okay, you too.
0: If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast,